This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. I'd say, Kevin McSay, say, whatever it might come after it, beating Roscommon comprehensively or comfortably in Castlebar is a must have for them if they've got really realistic. Ireland ambitions. It'll be interesting to see you now um, how that plays out. Armagh in the preliminary round in Ulster, so like, bear in mind they played in Division 1, they were relegated, they had a lot of fairly arduous games, and then you go through, if they were to win Ulster, you have to play four games in Ulster, then three games in the round robin, and then three or four games in the All-Ireland series. Like Christopher Columbus went through less to discover America than Armagh had to go to win in All-Ireland, because it would be one of the most epic journeys of all time. It was an exciting weekend of National Football League final action with the Mayo claiming Division 1 glory in Croke Park yesterday after beating Connacht rivals Galway. There was plenty of interest in the curtain raiser too, with Dublin taking home the Division 2 trophy after a goal rush against Derry. Welcome to the Throw-In Independent Dollar GA podcast. Will Slattery here with you, and I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Verney. Michael, hello. How are you going, Will? Yeah, doing very well. We're going to be joined in just a minute by Dick Clerk and Conor McKeown to go back over all the football action. What stood out to you from the, the football final weekend? Yeah, uh, the games did, maybe didn't light it up as you would have expected. Now, Mayo and Gala still had plenty of drama and even, you know, the, the column reap tackle and, you know, some people call him for potentially that he should have been sent off. I don't agree with that. It was a very uh, dumbed down version of that famous Harold Schumacher tackle back in 1982. Very, very dumbed down. Then he goes on to win man of the match and kicks three points and those three long range frees are probably the difference maker. Um, I don't know. There's something about, we've gotten a taste for it now a couple of years. Uh, when Mayo won the league a couple of years ago and then when they won it yesterday and you're just thinking, imagine the scene if they were to actually, you know, do win the big one up there in the green and red of Mayo. Like, I'm not for, I have no connections with Mayo and you'd nearly be half emotional. Uh, just when it's something about the tune as well. So, I don't know, it was a nice little tee up for what's coming during the summer. No, for sure. It's set up to be an absolutely riveting summer with the football championship wide open. But first, on the hurling, there was a bit of hurling over the weekend as well. Your own county, Offaly, beating Kildare in the Division 2 League final. They'll be back in Division 1 next year. Must be you know, a very happy mood around the county after that. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, like we were relegated last year, the bounce back straight up is, you know, impressive. Um, especially there's been a lot of probably talk around Kildare and Kildare obviously um got that last minute leveler when they met in the round robin stages and that sent them straight through to the final. We picked up a couple of injuries. Ushin Kelly, one of our best forwards, is crucial again for the second time in as many years and 
we were probably under pressure going into the final and we were under pressure even in the first half and a half time down by a goal but they really turned the screw in the second half my own club mate and Burrow and Cattle was brilliant Killian Kylie brilliant and the defence really shut down Kildare and shut them down really really impressively in the second half the only thing is, this all has to be tempered with. There's a short-term elation and joy of getting up to Division 1. But unless, like, the structure changes, like, if we're, you know, thrown into the deep end again, playing Limerick, playing Clare, playing Wexford, playing Galway, in that Group 1A, like Westmead were uh, this year, like Offaly were the year before, like Westmead were the year before that, you're kind of on a bit of a hiding to nothing. So I know there's a, a league struct- a structure re- reform been kind of mooted at the moment and you know I think it is badly needed and I, I would probably be basing the league on rankings I'd be going back to a division 1A and a division 1B where you have the top 6 or 7 in 1A and then the, the next 7 in or 6 or 7 in 1B and if we, like if we were playing Westmead Antrim Leash Dublin Wexford like you'd really fancy, you know, you'd fancy your chance of winning games in there and you're developing and you're playing teams that are in around your level or a bit better than you. Whereas, you know, Offaly or Kildare playing Limerick, you know, really at this stage of the day, it's it's not that beneficial. So um, I'm hoping there's a bit of a structural reform coming in the, in the next couple of months. Yeah, I'd say that's a given, given how the league unfolded this year. And a lot of people talking about it certainly become a, a topic of conversation. But now we're going to focus on football. I'm delighted to be joined by Dick Clerkin and Conor McKeown to go back over the weekend's action. And Dick, we had an exciting day in Croke Park yesterday. Mayo claiming Division 1 honours after beating Galway. Dublin beating Derry in the Division 2 final. And now with the championship just around the corner kicking off next weekend, how are you ranking the top few contenders for the All-Ireland Championship? I suppose, listen, one thing with the league finals... You always have to take them with a pinch of salt, but but there's always something. I I I don't believe this mantra that you know teams arrive up to to Dublin and and completely discount a finals day in Croke Park and get a, a, a big crowd. But sometimes in retrospect, they might try and dumb it down. And it got the sense Rory Gallagher was trying to do that sort of after the game yesterday when they got a bit of a clipping in the second half to try and write it off that they never really worried about it. So I think really to summarise where they're at, I think one thing was clear: there was a definite disparity in terms of the standard and intensity of I felt the 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 Mayo Galway game compared to the, the Derry Dublin game which which tells its own story and that's always the case but Dublin wouldn't like to be in that sort of space but they were they definitely got a sense of a higher standard of quality overall so you know you're definitely putting Mayo and Galway up there and, and rightly so I think Kerry have to be because the all Ireland champions and waiting and, and they have to be given the benefit of the doubt in that respect and Dublin because of the potential and all, all Dublin probably have at the minute has to have the potential to get up to there they still haven't done enough to to convince anybody that, that to part with their the hard-earned cash to, to put money on them as as a, as a, as a hot all Ireland contender but I think they got glimpses yesterday of what they can work to um, in terms of an All-Ireland final assault, no more so in, in Conor Callaghan. You know, just seeing the way he got back to his sort of creative, chaotic best in, in the Dublin full forward line, that's what they've been missing. They need that in their game because, I don't think he even scored yesterday, he got man of the match, but what he created in terms of goal chances and chances for others is what they need, as opposed to this sort of lateral, predictable, slow-paced stuff while they're out the field. So I think if, if Dublin got nothing else out of yesterday's game but seeing that in terms of, of a real asset and a threat, brilliant. Uh, Derry, I think we got a, a, a bit of an insight into where they're really at as well. I've, I've called it out a few times. They're too reliant on a few key players. 
you strip them out, they become a very, very average team because, and no disrespect, they have sort of average, limited, very functional footballers around the fringes and without the Connor Glasses, the Chrissy McKeags of this world and you've seen Redden Rogers that was it was hemmed up by McCarthy. They look very average in that second half and that's, that's where they potentially can slip back to if they don't have everybody. So I wouldn't be just counting them as all Ireland contenders because such is the journey between Ulster the All-Ireland qualifiers, you know, for, for Rory Geller to keep that tight panel together and have those best players peaking, I think that's going to be a massive task for him. So um, in terms of the the top four, I'm, I'm not putting them in there. I, you know, it's it's for me, it's Mayo, Galway, Kerry, Dublin. Yeah, Connor, when you were on last time, you were pretty bullish about Derry in Ulster anyway and their, and how they were playing then and their favourite tag going into the provincial championships. Like, What did you make of where they are now, given how they played yesterday and how Dublin scored four goals, which was one more than Derry conceded in their seven matches and probably could have scored you know two or three more pretty easily if their finishing was a little better? Yeah, it was a bizarre kind of a game that, that, that you know, like like at halftime, Dublin had only scored three points and that was the lowest they'd scored in any game. I, I was just doing the calculations there for a piece in about seven years. So like Derry kind of had them where they wanted at that stage. Um, and, and what really happened in the second half is the first goal turned it and the first goal was definitely a square ball and the fourth goal was definitely a fluke. So there's kind of mitigation there. Now, there's a couple of things at play. Um, Dublin were more direct, which was something that a lot of people have been crying out to see uh, in the last couple of years. Um, and what facilitated that directness was their tackling, which has been all league, was ex- extremely good. They turned Derry over a lot with the ball. And the big kink in the way Derry played their game is when they run the ball up the pitch, they tend to get a lot of men forward in the opposition's half and they leave themselves very exposed two on two. Even going back, I saw them against Kildare that day when they destroyed Kildare in Newbridge. Like it wasn't a fair fight. It was like a team that was playing two grades above, um, you know, the opposition. But still, when they were turned over, they were very vulnerable. Now, on that occasion, they didn't get cut out because, oh, McAvoy and Chrissy McCaig were back there and they were marking two on two. Whereas on this occasion, the number of times that they got turned out over and then Dublin kicked it in. And as Dick said, Conor Callahan, if he's one on one with a man, he's almost impossible to stop because he can burrow through a gap that doesn't exist. He can hold on to possession and solo the ball despite being under pressure from two or three players. So that was a disastrous situation. Um, so there's, there are some mitigation. The other big kink with Derry is they're not built to chase a game. If they go behind, they're going to find it very, very difficult to win. Um, but having said all that, I still think they're, they're the best team in Ulster. Um, but the big question now and the big question everywhere else is, what stock do you put into Ulster? Because like Derry are in that All-Ireland series. They're in the last 16. Um, so are Dublin. And <laughs> for the next seven weeks, I'd be absolutely certain that Dublin are beginning about a six-week preseason now for the All-Ireland series because they will waltz through Leinster. So they could get Jack McCaffrey back. They could get, uh, obviously, Stephen Cluxon up to speed. They can get all the rest of the fellas back and they can have a very strong panel now um, as soon as everybody comes up to full fitness and they will waltz through Leinster. And if Derry put any sort of stock in winning Ulster, which they probably should do because they're champions and I think it's good for their growth and everything else um, as a squad, if they put that kind of stock into winning an Ulster, they could find themselves seriously disadvantaged when you get to the All-Ireland series. So that's that's the big that's the big inequality that exists now in this structure that, you know, th- th- there's nothing to be gained in an All-Ireland context by winning your province, but by the same token, it, it, it's not a good look. Feeding, maybe? 
seeding is the only one, you know. But I mean, you know, I don't think Everton's going to go along form lines, and I don't think the provincial champions are going to have a particular like at least one provincial champion is going to end up with a really difficult group. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just the disparity of the thing. Kerry now are going off on a warm weather holiday. I don't know why are Dublin doing the same thing. They are looking forward now. They are looking well beyond the provincial championships. Whereas for teams like Derry. Definitely for the, the three teams in Connacht, um, Everest-Common, Galway and, and Mayo, and definitely for everybody in Ulster, there's a whole other sort of fire to put out before you get that far. The Dubs are going on a historical tour of somewhere, no doubt. Wasn't that the one before? Uh, but just on the Dubs, there is a completely different scenario than 12 months ago when we were totally in the dark about you know what the Dubs would be like come championship after a dire league. It's been you know a decent league, and now you, you throw McCaffrey back into the equation, you throw Paul Mannion, who was bouncing at times yesterday, you throw Cluxton back into it, and all of a sudden, I think Derry, a completely different pro- uh, prospect even than last year, going into last year's championship. I think you have a fair idea of what you're going to get from Dublin this year, and it'll be a couple of gears above even what we've seen so far this year, and that's what makes it so interesting. They're, they're firmly in the top two anyway for me. Dublin, the one thing about Dublin is, and people have been crying out for this, is they were so measured for so long, they'd become predictable. Um, now, whether they were boring or not, that doesn't really matter because that's, you know, subjective. But as a football team, they've become quite predictable. Um, now, they've become more direct on occasion when it suits them. Like, they completely changed how they were going to play at halftime yesterday. So they realised there was opportunity there and they moved the ball quickly inside. But you'd have to say that in terms of their precision, in terms of their accuracy, in terms of their skill execution, they're still quite sloppy compared to... And it's not, you know, an unfair comparison because it's not as if you're comparing it to some other team. Their, 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 their accuracy is down from what they did themselves, the same players yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. So if, that, they, yeah. if, they, if they tighten up around that, they're going to be very difficult to beat. Because I couldn't more believe it, now. Connor. I couldn't believe it that they missed one of those volleyball goals yesterday. It was, uh-huh. like, it was so obvious. I, I've never seen, I don't know if I've ever seen one miss before. And that's... And, there was that's a couple a in the league of, as yeah. well. There was one, yeah. um, there was, was it um, Killian O'Gara down in Navin when Conor Callan put him, there was a ball over the top. There was another one against Killer. They were the sort of goals that Dublin scored. Like, I, I, I don't know how many goals Dean Rock has scored for Dublin, but I guarantee you two thirds of them are at the back post, batting the ball into the net. And they've butchered a few of them in the league. So that's the kind of thing that they did on muscle memory before. But clearly it's an area that they just need to tighten up. Connor, you can't just tighten up something like that. You can you can tighten up fitness, you can type tighten up tactics, you can tighten up stuff that, that a manager control. That quality and instinct that a forward either has or he hasn't, you can't turn that around. And and my fear for Dublin is just that the players that they have in now compared to that generation, as you say, five or six years ago, they just done that on instinct. It's just not there at that same level. And and you can't just flick a switch. All they can hope is have as many of those players on the pitch, the Kilkenny's, the O'Callaghan's, the Mannion's, the McCaffrey's, um, and, and because they have it and have them at peak fitness because the other boys coming in, as has been the case over the last two years, as has been the case over the league, they're just not at that level. And... You can't rely on them to just improve those. I think Paul 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 Flynn was quite insightful last night on League Sunday in terms of the the score and efficiency that was 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 awful yesterday. But that's not a one off. That's where they're at. You know, as I say, you 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 are what you consistently do. So so Dublin now at this level are consistently a level below their attack and efficiency of the teams from before. So you know they they just can't flick a switch to get that up. And it also goes with confidence. You know, any forward will tell you when you're confident when you're going out on the pitch, knowing that you know. 
we're going to beat this team by five, six points. You're shooting with confidence. You're not shooting with with a sort of restrained eye. And even their better players, the likes of Kilkenny and these guys, aren't showing the same score and return than they did um, during those glory days. So there's a, you know there's, there's there's the two sides. They're just not as confident as they were, and the other players coming from behind just aren't as good as they were. Yeah, and the other big the other big issue for them is by the time they get to the All Ireland series. Derry will have been the best team that they've played twice by a distance. You know, like there's nothing in Leinster. You know, if Dublin if Dublin were to slip up in Leinster, well, then you'd say, well, there's literally no chance of them winning the All-Ireland anyway because the opposition in Leinster is going to be very poor. So by the time they get into that All-Ireland series, um, the other teams that we're talking about here as All-Ireland contenders will be well and truly road-tested. Like the number of really tough games that Mayo have had this spring compared to, like Desi Farrell, I'm sure, has a handful of players that he's still looking at and going, I'm not really sure what they're going to do when it comes to the big games against the big teams. Even David O'Hanlon, who had a really good league, like, do you know for certain how he's going to respond when Kerry have 13 players in your half and you're trying to take a kick out when you're a point down with five minutes to go? That's why Cluxon is back. That's why all these players are back. Um, whereas, you know, you look at Colin Reaper, you look at a lot of the players who come into the Mayo team, David McBride, Jack Carney, they've played against those teams now. They know exactly where they are. Kevin McStay has a much better idea of his new players than Desi Farrell has of his. And that is one of the one of the offshoots of playing in Division Two this year. I take your I take your point, Dick, and I take your point, Connor. The only thing I say is when you have an age profile of a James McCarthy or a Mick Fitzsimons or a Jack McCaffrey even coming back in, I think it suits them to be playing at the level that they're playing at at the moment. And because if they were playing Division One and they were, you know, duking out all those teams and then they were going into Ulster, shall we say? I think they will be beaten by the time they get to an All-Ireland semi-final stage. And they could have picked up a couple of really, really big injuries and attritional injuries with the amount of games we're going to have to play back-to-back-to-back to back to back against really quality teams. I actually think it suits them a bit more. The approach would suit them a bit more just to keep McCarthy fit. He's, he is less likely to be... These players are less likely to pick up knocks in games where they're winning relatively comfortably. Uh, and I think even the muscle memory will kick in when they play like Kerry, like it did in last year's All-Ireland semi-final. But that's what makes it so fascinating, is that it's the, the element of the, of the unknown, really. Yeah, and they have a lot of those. Like, as, as Connor said, you know, they're going to arrive at an All-Ireland series now, irrespective of what happens in Leinster with an awful lot of unknowns. Like, where, where is this team at? Where are those new players at, by comparison to the Division One teams they're going to be up against? Where, at, at what level and pace can the older players still perform at? Because we, we've seen signs over the last couple of years that, you know, and I used to find this when I was older, uh, Michael, you probably did when you were playing. There's days you go out, the prep was right, the nutrition was right, the recovery was right, but sometimes you go out and just the legs are dead. When you get to 34, 35, you know, it, 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 you just can't predict how you're going to react, especially at the pace that these young lads are playing now. So for those older generation of boys that are coming back, might be just as old, but don't have you know, the, the, the games and the legs because they've been out of the scene, the likes of Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion, you just don't know. So I think it'll be a case of, of, of you know, wait and see for Dublin when you get to see them in a couple of months' time. Yeah, Conor, and the point you made earlier about the different schedules the teams have depending on their provincial paths, like, what do you think Mayo and the schedule, how do you think that will, will fare out? They've had a really good league, obviously, under Kevin McSay, winning the title yesterday. Now they have to play again next weekend against Roscommon. Then if they win that, they have to play Galway again. Then a provincial final. That's just to get to the All-Ireland series. It's a really, really long road for them. And for a team 
who look like they've been pretty clued in from the very start. Maybe other teams like Kerry have been taking a more tapered approach. Like, is that sustainable, do you think, in terms of getting to an All-Ireland final and winning it, having been on the road, really kind of going all guns blazing from the start of the year? Well, you could make it like, the, you know, there's an opportunity there and there's a threat there both ways. You know, if if Mayo beat Roscommon, you know, to get another crack at Galway, who will be nicely revved up to beat them in a Connacht semi-final. But also they go into that game knowing that there's no real consequence if they lose, other than, as you said, seeding for the All-Ireland Series. Against that, if they if they lost to Roscommon next week, Mayo have six weeks in preparation for the All-Ireland Series. Now, you wouldn't like to lose to Roscommon. Of course you wouldn't. But would it be the end of the world after winning the league? I think you'd be able to put one of them in the credit column and one of them in the debit column and write it off. And six weeks of preparation for the All-Ireland Series would be exactly, I'd imagine, what a manager wants. So like, there's definitely benefits to playing the games and keeping going and keeping the winning, uh, keeping the winning feeling going. But, you know, we've seen, you know, in, in 2017, when Mayo went, made the All-Ireland Final and produced one of the great performances of a losing team in an All-Ireland Final, they were nearly beaten by Clare and Derry earlier on in the qualifiers after losing to Connacht. Like they, they have a capacity to to kind of t- turn bad defeats on their head. Um, and this is a young squad that's kind of like ideally, I think to answer your question, you'd want to go through Connacht and win it. Of course, you would. If you win the league, you win the Connacht title. Your first seeds in your group. You're going into the All Ireland series. You'd have a great chance of avoiding that preliminary quarterfinal by winning your group. Um, but it's just the provincial championships are so much different this year. Like the, the, the counties that have most riding on these provincial championships are the counties that need to get to a provincial final to stay in the All-Ireland Series. And I think for the likes of Mayo and Galway and Dublin and Derry, like there is a bit of luxury there too. Um, there's there's a bit of the pressure off. It's not as if you lose a Connacht semi-final and you have to play a qualifier the following Saturday down in Ennis, you know, something that could really upset your year and put you out in your put you out for the whole season it's different now you know when the all-ireland series is um and it's almost like these these kind of these pr- provincial champions for those top level teams the teams that are always going to be in the all-ireland series it's almost like the provincial championships are kind of you know they're warm-up competitions essentially for the all-ireland series because if you have ambitions about winning the all-ireland you have to be able to take you know a blow on the chin if you lose one in province without it kind of you know making you rethink everything about yourself because I think at this stage, Kevin McStay has learned everything he needs to know about his squad. I think, you know, other than getting Killian O'Connor back fit and a couple more injuries and everything else, I think that the development of the squad uh, is complete now. So they'll go on and they'll try and win Connacht, but if they don't, it's definitely not the end of the world. Yeah, Dick, it's interesting. Like we were talking a lot about the hurling league over the course of the last few months and how different teams have different priorities because of the proximity of the the kind of round robin championship. And then likewise for some teams in the provincial championships, they know they're in San Maguire, they know it's a round robin, it'll be very intense. Like, how do these various teams approach the provinces, do you think? Will it will there be a little bit of a phony war, do you think, over the next six weeks or so? Honestly, I don't I don't think so. I I think I think hopefully I I'd, I'd like to think in a couple of years' time the 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 the, the football senior championship starts to mature a wee bit more. And even this whole discussions we have and having to, to dumb down our secondary competitions, like the league and then the championship, we shouldn't need to do that. Judge them on the merits. Like if you guys are writing about the Carabao Cup or the, the Nations League, you're opening your know, sentences isn't isn't to, to, to rubbish the competitions. You just talk about them what they are. They are secondary competitions, but you talk about the games on their merits. These these games all have their merits and 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 they all have a place in the calendar. 
And yes, it's not an all Ireland. I think the great thing is, and we won't realise this till we're all in it, ourselves included, in, in that all Ireland competition. I'm just looking at the format, the amount of games. It's just going to be basically after the provincials. It's just draw a line under what has happened before the year. It'll always be discounted and you're almost restarting again because it is just such a completely new competition with so many games. So I think there's no reason why a team can't go out and compete and get what they can out of the respective competitions as they've done in the league and as they will do. Like There's always that provincial rivalry. So in two weeks' time, we'll all be heading up to, to Oma, Monaghan v, v, v Throne. I don't hear anybody talking or dismissing that as a, uh, it's only a sort of a, a Mickey Mouse provincial game. There's none of that talk. I don't think there'll be any of that talk in uh, Castle Bar next week from the Rossies. I was my, my brother-in-law and, and his wife were from Ballinlock in Roscommon. We were we were at a family dinner yesterday and they're all mad looking forward at all the Rossies to be heading to Castle Bar looking to, to, to upset them. And I was there the last time they'd done it. I remember in a qualifier four or five years ago. I remember in a wet night in Castlebar and they'll be looking to do the same again so I think we can judge these games on the merits and they'll stand alone because there's so much still to happen when when they get there they can play these games they can be intense they can try to get like what, what do managers and teams need to need to use these for they need to build a panel they need to build depth they need to look at a style of play that is going to win them in all Ireland if that's their ambition and try and use these games to develop that. Don't be waiting until a quarterfinal or a semi-final to unleash something new. So so managers are doing that. And I think Kevin McStay is doing that. He's using the league to build panels, build build a team, build confidence, you know, reshape the mindset of some of the older players. And he'll continue to use the the Connacht Championship to do that, to be in as good a shape come the All-Ireland as conceivably possible. And I think any good manager should do that, not discount any of these competitions, use them for what they're worth. The good ones always do, though, Dick, don't they? they? Yeah, there's no hoodwinking or there's no, you know, playing half a team around like that. The really good ones, uh, and generally the best teams, all go to try and win any competition that they're in. And it's it's only and even you're saying about Rory Gallagher after yesterday, that's an after the fact thing when you're beaten and it's trying to save face. But generally the, all the best teams will go to try and win every competition that they're in. And if they if they're beaten along the way, they'll regroup and recalibrate and start again. But um I don't I don't really see the, the element of shadow boxing from the really big hitters. I just don't really think it's a thing. It's not something they really entertain. Dublin no chance because of the the, the opposition. They they'll just go through the motion. But even look at Dublin, and I actually didn't realise. I was just looking over stats from me column. Dublin won five leagues in six years, from thirteen through to eighteen. And I'd say if you asked anyone, they wouldn't have thought that. They actually they never cared about the league. And they, they didn't, but they still won them because they were, they were good enough, and they could win those leagues in basically in third gear. You know, running the bench. So as you said, good teams just win because that's what they do. And I think winning is a habit. And and Kevin McStay, I have to say. I'm, I really enjoy listening and watching Kevin McStay because you can just see he's a manager that is really loving the opportunity. He he, he probably made it, I'd say he might have felt he came into that job too late and he missed the, the, getting a Mayo panel at its best with, with Keegan and Boyle and all those players. And now he's got realisations, holy God, I could still I can actually win an All-Ireland team with Mayo that he might have thought he'd missed the boat on. And you can see that. And I'd say that energy... And enthusiasm is really infectious in the Mayo camp. And it's genuine because he's a passionate Mayo man. And you can see it. He was delighted to win that. And he'd be really looking forward to, to next weekend in Castlebar. Yeah, Connor, are Mayo for you, like after that league, are they the team kind of most likely to, to dethrone Kerry, do you think? Fair question. Um, 
I mean, we're definitely in a situation where there's four, depending on your argument, maybe five and maybe six, you know, if you include Derry and Tyrone, that when they play each other, there's a fair chance any of them could take a scalp. So, like, I mean, the Tyrone and Kerry, it depends what you mean by that. Could Mayo be Kerry to call? Yeah, of course they could, but so could Galway and so could Dublin. Um, And, you know, on their day, probably so could Tyrone, you know. But, like, what you're talking about is, like, are are Mayo good enough to win a quarterfinal, semi-final and a final? And don't forget as well, because it's hard to underestimate how influential this new format is going to be. If you don't top your group, you have to play an extra round. You have to play a preliminary quarterfinal. So from the All-Ireland series begins, you're going to have to play a minimum of six games. You might have to play seven games, depending on whether you finish first or second and third in your group. And that could have a massive bearing. You know, you could go down in a game you know, because you have a couple of players injured because you're playing your third game in four weeks and all of a sudden you end up second or third in your group and you have that extra game and you end up drawing a team that you just didn't want to face at that time of the year. So when you're talking about the Tron and Kerry, um, Mayo could definitely beat Kerry this year. I have absolutely no doubt about that because they've beaten Kerry before in the championship. They've, they've, they've done the hard work. But the difference, like if you're asking, can Mayo win in All-Ireland? Can they come through the group? Can they win the three games? Can they go and produced a performance in the final that historically, you know, has eluded them. That's the nine million trillion dollar question. But you'd sooner be in the position Kevin McStay is in now than any other position. You know, they have a squad of players that are playing a style of football that seems to come very easily to them. They don't look like a group of players that's trying to be, you know, force, you know, a style of play that that that's a little bit, I don't know, ill-fitting for the caliber of player that they have. They've enough young players like that full back line is so young and fresh and vibrant. Their half forward line, you just like the the kind of like Jack Carney has a touch of the Pierce O'Neill's about him. Like when, when Cork used to play that kind of player, I think James o, James O'Donnell or not James O'Donoghue, um, Ryan Ryan O'Donoghue is entering the very top caliber of inside forwards now, um, and they haven't missed Killian O'Connor in the league at all. Um, and a few years ago, you wouldn't have said that in a million years. And they've found a solution to the Aiden O'Shea problem as well. So whatever about winning the league, and that's one of the many excellent things that Mayo can take out of it. Putting together, like there was a league final on yesterday and we could have all predicted the first 15 that Mayo named. And that's a great position to be in because particularly in a year after your greatest ever player retires, when your best prospect, Oshin Mullen, goes to Australia, to have such a nail down starting 15 and kind of expanded squad, that's as nearly as beneficial to Kevin McStay, I would imagine, as winning the league. Um, So they're going into the championship, all good vibes, all good vibes. But whether it's good enough to take them all the way... um, like, you know, it, it, I, I'd, lo- I'd love to, just for the sake of argument, go back to all the pre-championship previews we've done over the years. Hmm. Uh, no, don't and, do that. And look at them through wrong. the lens of what actually happened. And, yeah. and the reason is, you know, the championship is notoriously hard to predict. And this year is going to be 10 times more harder. You know, we'll only really fully appreciate that, I think, when it's all over. I, well, I think year, I yeah. think next day will be looking for, if it was to make any crystal ball years, and I'm not look too far, I'd say he'd be looking for a big statement of intent next uh sunday because like again what do you, you mentioned it, michael what do winners do what do they all are you know when given the opportunity to put a, put a team away that they should be beaten to take it throne done it at their best Kerry do it at their best dublin done it at their best so so mayo should be beating roscommon relatively comfortably in castle bar 
And he will he will know that if, if they get into a dogfight or God forbid they lose it, well, they're all Ireland stock, irrespective of what might come, comes down because you know that's an opportunity for them to really show a statement of intent. Because that's if if you if you flip that on its head and it's it's Dublin v Kildare or Kerry v Cork, those teams you know are putting those teams to bed very comprehensively. So I'll say I'd say Kevin McStay say whatever it might come after it. Beating Roscommon comprehensively or comfortably in Castlebar is a must-have for them if they've got really realistic All-Ireland ambitions. It'll be interesting to see now um, how that plays out. And even as well, there's an element like for a first-year manager, your first league has to be good. You know, that's just, that's the way of it. Like you look at, like Dick talked about when Dublin used to win the league all the time. Like the reason they did that is because they were they were clearly the best team. Like there were, there were first round of the league matches. I remember one up in, was it against Cavan in the first? And I think they were off the plane about two days and they came from, you know, six or seven points down to win the game in the last minute because that's what they habitually did. Um, and that's what you need to, you like, you need to build that up. And if you're the first year manager like Kevin McStay is, you have to get that together because for, there's always, there's always a question mark over a first year manager if they're not going to start the league well. Kerry didn't have a great league this year, but it doesn't matter because they won the All-Ireland last year and they won last year's league in Jack's first year and they charted an absolutely identical flight path. So I think for the Kerrys in Dublin, they probably are on a different trajectory, partly because they don't have that same new manager sorting out the kind of scene issues to get through, but also because they have such an easy ride in their provincial championships. They are further behind where they're going to be once the All-Ireland series start compared to the teams that have had to peak over the next few weeks, Mayo included. So yeah, I think you have to kind of build that into it too. I think Dublin will be far sharper than they were yesterday. I think Kerry will be far better than they were in the league. Um, and whereas Mayo and Galway were probably the two best teams in the league, I don't think they have as much to come up when the All-Ireland series starts. Just to finish on your point, Connor, isn't it gas to say that counties are in such different positions based on their geography? Like that, That's basically what we're still basing it on, that Kerry can basically start a pre-season now and Dublin can do something similar, whereas Mayo are straight into the throes of a Connacht Championship seven days after against a team like theoretically the third best team in the country based on league standings. Sure, Armagh are in the preliminary round in Ulster, so like they would have to go through forward through now. Bear in mind, they played in Division 1, they were relegated, they had a lot of fairly arduous games, uh, and then you go through, if they were to win Ulster, you have to, you have to, you have to play four games in Ulster, then three games in the round robin, and then three or four games <laughs> in the All-Ireland series. Like, that would, you'd, like, you'd, you'd write, Christopher Columbus went through Leicester to discover America, then Armad <laughs> had to go to win an All-Ireland, because it would be one of the most epic journeys of all time. And I was at the Ulster launch last week and Kieran McKeever, and I've no idea whether they were, he was playing silly buggers, but he basically said there was no incentive for Amar to go and win the Ulster title. And whether he was being on the level or not, there is definitely an, a grain of truth in that. Now, I don't think they're robust enough a team to suffer a relegation. And then... Uh, see that, Con, that's absolute rubbish. Yeah, oh, no, I, like, it, it is, but, but you can you can understand somebody <laughs> having that point of view if they did have it. I, I don't think if, it well, would if, they would, if they had if they had genuine potential to win an All Ireland, yes, mm. I won't win an All Ireland, not a no. chance. So, so their silver this year is an Ulster title, and haven't been in an Ulster title since he was last in it, it was 2008. So, I think he he maybe just thinks he's he's talking with a different county at a different level. <laughs> I'm uh, need to be competing for an Ulster title before they even consider talking about the All-Ireland but again maybe he's just sort of in, in, in geezer's shadow too long is, is, is what's impacting him you know? there's nothing Royals Dick turking up better than a good Ulster Championship debate <laughs> he's getting get yeah. out of their station <laughs> there's nobody in Leinster arguing the toss on podcasts I can guarantee you that for nothing <laughs>
Michael, we give the uh, the Division Three and Four finals a look in as well. That was on Saturday evening. You know, Cavan for Mana and uh, Wicklow and uh, Sligo, Sligo beating Wicklow as well. You know, anything of interest? You know, in particular, any teams of the four that you think might be able to have a an interesting provincial series? No, I'd say probably like the most you know noteworthy thing was you know just Sligo winning a national title in Crow Park a year on from from Red Oak Murphy's passing, and you know Luke Towie, his his former teammates both spoke unbelievably well. Uh, and I gave him a kind of a glowing tribute as well. That definitely would be one. And the fact that it was a battle of Cross McGlen and two Cross McGlen Rangers club mates and former county mates patrolling the line in that one, um, I don't know if that's ever happened in Crow Park. It's happened uh, in a few other occasions, maybe in league games and other like provincial championship games. I don't know if it's ever happened in Crow Park before. So that was definitely fairly noteworthy. And I suppose Cavan just maybe turned the screw on Fermanagh. Fermanagh ended up topping Division Three. Um, they had a spectacular comeback after being beaten by Offaly in round two. They went on a five-game winning streak, but Cavan, Cavan won pretty handsomely the other night and would probably quietly maybe fancy themselves going into the going into the Ulster Championship. Yeah, Dick, do you think either of Cavan or Fermanagh could spring a surprise in Ulster? I, I think Cavan, because of the side of the draw they're in, they, you know, they've been tipping away nicely and I think they have the potential to get to a, an Ulster final. I do. I think I think they'll they'll not fear anyone on that side. I think Fermanagh just have a bit to go. I think they'll give Derry a game of it because of the style of play Derry play. Um I think I think it'll not be great to watch, so 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 don't be expecting fireworks or anything. But I think they'll compete, I think they'll improve and, and I think it was a massive step for them to, to get out of division three because of of they wouldn't have thought they were maybe just at that level. So so they'll be happy. Cavan, you know, as I say, I never give too much credit unless it's merited to, to the guys across the tracks. But they've they've been tipping away. They've got, you know, a very experienced, well conditioned, you know, bunch of players there that have, you know, that Ulster title and a bit of experience behind them. So you know, they they'll compete in Ulster and they could get to a, they could get and then, and they they might you know take take a scalp. In, in the All Ireland series as well, so I think you know that. And again, go back to the Sligo thing, and even the, the go back to my point about the division titles have merit because, and we can't just all be tunnel vision about Sam Maguire because you know what, no other sport thinks like that. No other sport just looks at the Premier competition and discounts everything else. And we have to get mature enough that we don't do it in the GEA. All these things have merit and have their place. You know, the reality is Derry. Like you were talking about Derry being uh, an All-Ireland contender. Three or four years ago, Derry were winning Division 4 league titles. Remember that? So they've come on a journey. So so a lot of teams start off in a certain place and use the league as a stepping stone to bigger things. I've actually written about it in a column for tomorrow, You know, looking at Dublin and the Derry Division 2 league final. I don't know if you remember, we won it in 2005, the chaos that was there. And it was a wee bit cringeworthy when we look back. There was a pitch invasion, we Banty was involved. Do you remember that, Mike? Do you? you yeah, that? No. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sake. We had uh, we had a, a black tie banquet later in the year in the in the city west. Somebody paid three and a half grand for Paul Finley's boot. Right? We <laughs> just the left one. This is the left one, yeah. We, like Connor's laughed. He says just fucking half it. We had we went the ten day all expenses paid holiday to New York. We all got handed a thousand dollars cash getting on the plane. This is after Division Two League final celebrate. But this is two thousand five. This is Celtic Tiger madness, right? And there was <laughs> money been thrown at us. And I was just comparing that to what we watched yeah, uh, Sunday. But I think that then. Why well, to be over-celebrated, that unquestionably. It marked the start of Monaghan's journey for the next 20 years. 
it sort of set you up and it got you on the road. And that's what counties use the league for. It's a, it's a wee mark in time, wee bit of positivity in the county. And as I say, for, for Sligo and giving Niall Murphy the opportunity to recognise Red Oak was, was, was an important thing. And that, as you say, right, that needs to be recognised for what it's worth. Just, just on that as well, Dick. Um, and they took the freeze yeah. that day. I think that's the most unbelievable thing when I tell people that day. You would be like, there's no way. I did. I took the freeze from on that day. They should have well, given you two grand. People use that. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a column there's a column needed on this I think definitely oh there um, is it's in tomorrow's Irish Independent yeah. <laughs> and, uh, just, just lastly there's a direct correlation uh, I know we say maybe the league finals don't mean that much but there's a direct correlation between the fate of the winners and the losers if you go back through the last 10 or 15 years say um, Loud beat uh, Limerick in the Division 3 final last year Loud nearly got promoted to Division 1 this year Limerick had gone back down it's, there is a great there's a, nice. I don't know, there's a tendency or whatever but the winners tend to drive on like he did Dick and Monaghan and the losers tend to not fall away but don't tend to make the same progress maybe as the, as the winners call that Bernie's theorem hmm. there you go. it's certainly been an interesting couple of months <laughs> looking at all the league action now talk to turn to the championship for the moment I'd like to thank Dick Connor and Michael for joining me on this week's episode of the Throwing Podcast we'll be back next week with the show looking back at all the opening weekend of the football so until next time thanks for listening and goodbye <laughs>